0: Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with
1: Ryan Rao, Chief Development Officer of VO Med Spa, and Ryan Rose, CEO of Vio Med Spa.
2: Okay, everybody, welcome. This is Alex Tiersch. Welcome to Medical Spa Insider. I have got on the Amp Spa hotline... Ryan Rao and Ryan Rose, the Ryans, <laughs> the Ryan R-squared. We, we got to come up with a good nickname for you. Guys.
0: We've heard them all. Yeah, <laughs> And we're both Ryan Michael. How about
2: that? Oh, man. I don't even know <laughs> what to say about that. You guys are probably related in some way. Um, we can
1: trade shirts in and out with the anagrams <laughs> on the sleeve.
2: Yeah. So um, um, the Ryans are with VO Metzbob. Any of you have heard of VO? It's a uh, a very fast-growing franchise they've made a a a pretty big splash in the industry they've you guys are making a name for yourself i've been following you guys for a while and it's been it's been really exciting to see um how your brand has grown and um you're a franchise model so there's um obviously there's opportunity for folks who are who are listening or who are looking to start up in a med spa to get um to get a piece of that action and um you know it's 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 interesting to see this industry grow because it's been um there's been obviously such tremendous growth but we're starting to see more and more of these franchises start to pop up and I, and and I, one thing that i think has been missing is a, a, the, the growth in most of the industry has been provided primarily by providers right so you've got nurse practitioners and pas or, or a lot of non-core physicians coming in and oftentimes they want to just start doing things on their own and get their own brand going but and so there hasn't been a whole lot at least at least um until recently on um, the education of what you know what a franchise can do for you and how that works and I think it's pretty exciting because a lot of the things that 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 folks struggle with are there to be provided by folks like you um and so with I, I don't want to get too far into it yet but let's um I would love for you both to j- just give um a brief intro of, of of who you are and then let's get into a little bit about how vo started I know there's um, there's another founder Joe who I think is starting his professional wrestling career. Um, <laughs> you probably all recognize him <laughs> at Medical Spa Show because um, he's the big big giant bald guy, very very gregarious and, and fun to be around. Um, but Ryan uh, Ray, let's start with you, and then and then and then Ryan Rose, we'll will we'll go over to you and just give a quick little uh, you know Reader's Digest version of, of your background and how you got into aesthetics.
0: Definitely, um, Alex. Thanks for having us been a long-time listener of the podcast and supporter of Spam Spa. Um, so my background has been franchising pretty much since I've been out of school. I started a consultancy firm uh, with a few partners, Ryan being one, back in 2017. We were working with early-stage businesses, so say 1 to 10 locations. They wanted to grow. They were interested in franchising. And um, we would go into those businesses and really help them determine if franchising was for them. So we would have a feasibility study we would run looking at unit economics, the overall market. And if we decide to work with one another, we would build out the franchise side of the business. We had some success doing that, but the challenge was we were always just a consultant. And we really wanted to pivot to a place where we had more of an active leadership control and had a seat at the table to drive the growth internally rather than externally mm-hmm. so during that same period of time i was introduced to joe who you mentioned the founder of the original concept in cleveland uh, he started a single unit med spa it was called skin deep Spa at the time and as we started to go through our normal feasibility study we uh we just eye opened about the market opportunity and mm-hmm. uh you know there's really two things that stood out to us first was the growth rate uh at the time and still very similar today incredible organic tailwinds growing about 12% annually and then secondly was how fragmented the industry was 90% of the market roughly three locations or less 81% a single location so uh, incredible growth in the category, but not really a nationally known player for more of an elevated, comprehensive meds box experience.
2: Yeah. As we oh, and yeah. when was yeah. this that you met with uh, Joe? I'm curious what what was the the time period? So we can kind of triangulate. Late,
0: late 2017, early 2018. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yep. And. um, you know, As we looked at the industry, we felt like the laser hair category was one with Ideal and Milan and Laserway and a few other players, but uh, a pretty large opportunity for more of a comprehensive experience. And that's what Joe created. So he selected real estate more from an A-grade retail site. This was not medical office or connected to a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon. And then the environment was different. It was more spa-like than clinical. When you walked in, sensory experience, great sense. Upbeat music, uh, and it all led into the guest experience. So, if you're a coffee drinker, the front desk, our guest experience specialist had coffee just how you like it uh, ready for you. Uh, they tracked vacations and spouses' names, etc. In the CRM, so the relationship, the rapport, uh, and the overall experience was much different than a clinical environment. So. Sure. For those reasons and more, we decided to partner in 2018. Uh, We spent the next roughly year, year and a half, uh, refining the concept. We rebranded to VO, which stands for value in ourselves. Uh, We're very thoughtful with the service mix. We installed a membership model. We um, engaged Bertadotto, who has been our healthcare firm uh, from the very beginning to help us with the compliance side. And then we launched a franchise in 2019. We just had that single location when we launched the franchise. And throughout 2019, we created a lot of momentum. Uh, And as we went into 2020, uh, you know, we were expecting that was going to be our breakthrough year. Uh, But 2020 obviously gave us an unforeseen challenge in COVID, uh, which we were able to overcome. And uh, post-COVID, that's where Ryan Rose's involvement, came in more actively, which I'll let him share here shortly, uh, as he became the uh, CEO uh, in in July of uh, 2020. And by the end of uh, 2020, we're able to open around nine locations. And then within those nine locations, we started to see some incredible success stories, which led to a minority private equity partnership July 1st of last year, And we've since gone on to use those funds to build more corporate stores alongside of our franchisees, as we target roughly 10 to 20 percent of our portfolio being corporate. And um, now today we have 25 open locations in uh, 10 states. And by the end of the year, we'll have around 50 open locations in 19 states.
2: That's awesome. Awesome. That's, uh, that's incredible. And um, Ryan uh, Rose, I I, I want to go to you because I want to hear, you know, your involvement in this. It's interesting. You guys were, and I'm curious, you guys were working together as in the consultancy prior to um, getting involved with, with VO. And then you came on a little bit later in 2020, um, which is, you know, I think in the beginning of 2020 in March, it was a terrifying time, but I think we all saw by you know late summer, maybe when you were in, that this was kind of an exciting area and the and the growth was spectacular. I'm curious what your perspective is on all this and when you came in and and you know how you got convinced to come into a franchise in the middle of a pandemic.
1: <laughs> oh, I have a great answer for that. Um, so yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, Ryan did a great job of summarizing our journey up until this point. Um, My background is finance and economics. Uh, I spent the first 14 years of my career in that, and I was introduced to franchising about 10 years ago as a single unit owner um, in an unrelated brand. I ended up in March of 2023 starting that journey, became a multi-unit owner in that brand, then became the CEO of that brand, and then acquired that brand in October of 2016. So I got into the franchisor seat Um, sometime between January 15 and October of 16, went on. uh, And Ryan was working for me in that brand is really where it came from. And Ryan and I have known each other since he was in high school, Um, pretty much his first job out of college. I brought him in and said, hey, come and learn franchising with me. And he's done an excellent job. And quickly become probably the best development officer uh, in the country of any brand. I'd, I'd put him up against anybody and, and we're both partners in the business. So I backed Ryan's uh, consulting firm concept in August of 2017. I was completely supportive. He left the brand that we were both um, employees of. Well, I was an owner and he was an employee, He created the consulting firm. I helped him launch that uh gave him some expertise a little bit behind the scenes as he was sitting in front of prospects et cetera. Et cetera. but it was really his um journey that he was going on and, and i was just making sure that um, if there was a pothole in the road that he could kind of get through it and navigate and he ended up finding vo he nurtured that relationship um brought that to life uh, but i was always a partner in our development group so i was always attached to it Uh, but just not active in it, um, other than when he asked me for help or something like that. And we had a couple other partners at the same time. And so uh, it was kind of rocking and rolling. Um, I was asked to just give some forensic kind of outlook on it in late 2019. And uh, I did that, got a little bit more actively involved. And I remember the board meeting that I was in, in February of 2020, they asked me just to give maybe a little bit more Um, opinion in the day-to-day operations and how do we do this with marketing the brand had been going for about 14 months at that time as a franchise or and we had that meeting in florida and we had a good meeting we leave and three weeks later the world changes quite a bit Um, we had some owners in the brand at the member level that didn't want to try to ride that wave through the pandemic. They were very nervous. They had other business interests that they needed to shift focus to. So some of the other members that were bullish on the industry, including ourselves, um, raised the money. Mm -hmm. We bought out the other members. We consolidated the ownership group. But part of that was that the board looked at me and said, we need a CEO to lead this through. Lead us through this. And I kind of chuckled and I say this all the time. I go, great, um, I know nothing about a pandemic and I know even less about med spas, uh, <laughs> but I do know something about franchising. And so uh, we bootstrapped is what we did, right? We were fragile at the time. We were a young brand, um, but with a ton of potential. And so we bootstrapped it for the next year. We started adding um, trusted, human capital, people that we have known in the franchise industry that had a little bit of tie to the med spa and just really started to get it going. And, and as Ryan said, some success stories were created over that next year, year and a half. We really started to see the hockey stick effect of the industry in the second half of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just saw these numbers just go from here, 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 all the way up.
2: Yeah,
1: And that's when we looked and said, okay, this is something very, very real. We started to catch attention of, you know, some small minority equity partners that would wanna come in and drop some money and help us um, accelerate that growth. Mm -hmm. And it's led us to today. And, you know, we do consider more of our competitors, uh, not in the laser, a specific right. category, but more in skin spirit of me, orange twist, you know, very reputable brands that have been growing at a, a very good rate and getting private equity investment. And that's who we measure ourselves against. Yeah. Um, and, and we're very confident that with the franchising model, because it allows us a speed of development advantage over all corporately owned locations, uh, that will exceed and become the number one unit count Med spa brand in the country by about September or October of this year. Wow, that's We have one in front of us.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I have, uh, first of all, that I mean, that's amazing. I, and I love, love, love hearing success stories. Um, It's just, it's, it's so cool, but I want to back up a little bit. And I had this question for both of you because, um, you know, it's, Med spas are a different breed, obviously. It's a it's a it's a very different, it's a very new, even relatively speaking, a new industry. It's in healthcare, it's got different um different dynamics, the regulatory concerns are are certainly different. The whole market is still developing. I like to tell everybody when we talk about med spas that we're, you know, we're still very much on the ground floor as far as what the industry is going to look like. What, what is it that drew you both to med spas and i mean that when you first learn about the business as, as i did you know I'm, I'm i've been in a little bit longer than you but it, it, it for me it was like what the hell is this number one and number two like how like the the growth was extraordinary the 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 future looks extraordinary, and I would love to, you know, from a franchising perspective, from from guys who have been helping folks out with 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 startups and franchises. I, I'm always curious, kind of, what your overall view and take and reaction was when you learned about what med spas were and how they were working, and 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 what was your overall impression of the industry. And uh, uh, Ryan Rose, let's start with you. We'll go back to to, to Ryan number two, Ryan number one. Uh, <laughs> sure, one one A. We'll we'll, we'll figure that out later.
1: Yeah, I think that we'll be able to offer um, synergistic answers, but from different generational outlooks, right? Yeah. So I'm a young generation X and, and Ryan's generation below. And so for me, the, the casual way that I always say this when we're in conversation is like in my age group, People talked about these services in the corner of a party, right? Where are you getting that Botox? Or what are you doing? Your skin yeah. looks great or something, you know? And in Ryan's generation, they have parties about it, right? And yeah. and, and the taboo has kind of gone away from it, including even for males, right? And myself, um, you know, I didn't know much about the med spa industry. My wife wasn't a user of the med spa industry. She bought good skincare, but not great retail med, med lines um and so when i looked at it i will tell you i'll be the first to tell you that for me i thought it was a vanity thing right I, I, from the outside looking in but i but i understood the business economics of it and i was like okay i understand it, and i understand that it's becoming widely accepted but I didn't really know the power of it in the multifunction of it until I got in the business. And I really went and sat in one of our spas and I looked at the confidence that was built in in each individual that came in and the skincare and getting rid of adult set on our adult onset acne and their confidence level shoots up or the crater scarring from childhood acne and the smoothing of the skin, Um, the release of a migraine headache from Botox from a therapeutic standpoint. I had no idea about all of the functions that it would do. And I've become ingrained and love the industry for what it does for people at their core. Right. Value in ourselves is our motto based off of our name. And it couldn't be more true because people are just trying to feel great. That's what they're trying to do. We all want to feel great. There's reasons to do that. And the, and the output happens to be that you look the best version of yourself and then you feel the best version of yourself. And we're, we can do that for thousands of clients. And that's a really, really cool output at the same time being involved in a very young industry that has a ton to still figure out as an industry it does yeah um but i think that we're on the forefront and i'd like to think that we're helping with those solutions on figuring out the industry especially from the client facing perspective and what's going to be best for them that's what makes me so bullish and excited about it
2: um and and ryan i i want to hear from you But i want to point out and just Just kind of double down on one thing that you said i it's it's interesting the generational differences number one and i it's interesting also to kind of track the way med spa treatments and experiences have kind of tracked with pop culture in a way i mean you go back i remember going back to sex in the city i always talk about this in my talks and you had there's a an episode where i think it was Samantha, because my wife watched this all the time and I watched it with her, talked about Botox and it was, and it was, it was kind of this thing and it became, and then you go to real housewives and on and on and on. And, on and now, you know, you bring Ryan Rayo, you bring in here and, 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 and you've been, you know, your generation does these, does these treatments live on camera and it's, it's, it's so not taboo. It's almost become right in your face. So that's interesting. But, um, yeah, what's your, what's your perspective on this, Ryan?
1: Yeah, I uh,
0: I did a lot of research when we were first introduced to Joe, and honestly, one of the the first areas was AmSpa. AmSpa uh, shortened my learning curve quite a bit, uh, you know, from boot camps to the podcast to the Medical Spa Show. So I, I you know, a lot owe oh, a lot of learnings uh, to what AmSpa helped us do, and I think within that there was three things that. Um, gave me a lot of confidence in the opportunity. First was the market dynamics. So we know about the growth rate. We understand the fragmentation, but we're talking about I saw this rapid adoption with millennials. And yeah, um sure. you know I had this misconceived notion when I came into this industry in 2017-18, it was more age-defying. So think 55 and older demographic. When we got into it and I realized the adoption in millennials I was pretty confident that customer base was going to overtake the 55 and older demographic in a short period of time, which gave me a lot of confidence in the opportunity in front of us, which has now happened last year, uh, you know, at least according to the the spa report. Um, secondly... And this is with any franchise it's unit economics so um, we modeled out the potential of these businesses when you factor in a royalty and a brand development fund and tech fees and when you look at the initial investment based upon the potential return of an average unit uh, volume in our system um that checked the boxes for us. We thought it was a fantastic opportunity. You, unit economics were there to support um, a franchise perspective. The final thing, um, anytime we're getting into a new franchise, I look at who are the market leaders? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, my feeling is, our feeling is, you wanna be first, second, or third from a national perspective, from total open units. If you're too far beyond that, you're going to be uh, have you know just a lot of challenges for growth from a real estate perspective from a franchisee base from employees from customers building the brand when we got in VEO, i saw i think skin spirit at the time at 11 12 locations that was the market leader for how we were positioning ourselves mm-hmm. so you know, we believe you know in a year or two we could be the the national market leader, which for us, um, you know, was a huge stamp that this was the right category. Uh, because if there's already brands that with two, three, four, five hundred locations, it, it's it's really challenging to climb climb that pyramid and develop a nationally known brand.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's what's I think still what's so exciting about this industry, both from just uh, an individual development if you're a, a sole practitioner or if you're looking to get into to, to franchises uh, or expansion and I you know I've got I've got so many questions we probably could talk about this for for a couple hours I what is it because what I've learned is and you mentioned this at the beginning of the, of the podcast that um, franchises for laser services are not new to this industry they, they've been around since early 2000s um some even even late 90s really. Um, and, and, and you're absolutely right. There's some very well established, very large, um, uh, multi state hundreds of locations that have been out there for a long time and they're doing a great job. However, um, the, the, the switch now is to the kind of the full service med spa which is not just lasers which can be you know again not to say that it's it's totally um, commoditized or or able to be done regularly but 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 at least there's some consistency that you can do with equipment and, and things like that um med spas when you're talking about injectables and you're talking about skin care and all the other types of things is a little bit different what is it about this industry that that lends itself to the franchise model on the one hand and then other the, on the other hand which kind of tails into that what is it that you offer folks um, that are that are listening, um, who, who might want to get into the industry, but don't necessarily have the business expertise? One thing that we're always talking about is the lack of business acumen in this in this industry, because there's a lot of providers who don't learn this stuff at, in school. What is it that you offer um, to make them be able to to, to be successful, if, if that makes sense? And, and who wants to go first on that?
0: I can take a little bit about the offering if you want to start. So yeah. um, it, it, I'll also relay this to the large majority of this category, which is one to three units. So the one to three units in the med spa space, they have challenges with scaling. I think first and foremost from business acumen, as you mentioned, Alex, but also provider training and development so one of the big things deal offers is internal training and development for spa manager for injectors for estheticians for wellness so we want every location to establish a lead provider and then through our resources training and development we can start to create an internal residency program um, for future providers so say We have an NP or PA who's naive without experience, but has a ton of passion, the right cultural fit for the practice. We can plug them into the VO system and over time start to develop their skills, which allows us to scale within a market because we don't need to go out and recruit an experienced provider at each location opening, there's just not enough of a supply out there. So trainings, one big yeah. thing that Jeez. we help with, which I think the independents are lacking, which causes them to stall out from a growth perspective. Secondly, from a franchising perspective, we negotiate at a national level. So we're not loyal with just Allergan or Galderma or MERS. Uh, we have fantastic relationships with, with all of them. Our vendors are our true business partners with us, uh, not not only from a pricing standpoint, but certainly for helping us with new store openings and additional training, event strategy, et cetera. But what we're able to provide is much more compelling pricing to our franchise owners than what they'd be able to negotiate on their own as a mom and pop. So it creates a very event and competitive advantage in the local market. And then thirdly, I would say the, the marketing and branding. So, um, you know, our our brand is starting to grow and we can see as we open up a second, third, fourth unit in certain DMAs and markets, that ramp up curve starts to shorten because people have trust in VO. It's not about just a provider. There's confidence in our brand. And I think that's a, a big thing our franchise owners see is um plugging into something that has credibility across the country as well as being able to share our best practices from a marketing operational and plugging into the ecosystem of our franchisee base where they're working together uh they're sharing um you know what's working in their market and collectively uh the system keeps improving
2: yeah yeah Yeah. we have to add to that
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to add to the back end of Ryan's answer because that's where I primarily focus is, you know, the types of franchisees and multi-unit groups that we're attracting to VO are coming from some of the biggest brands in the country that are complementary, right? The Orange Cherry Fitnesses, the Hand and Stones, the European Wax Centers, and we're talking about large, large multi-unit groups from those Mm -hmm. systems that have established infrastructures. When you start to get that type of clientele that's walking through your door and adds to the community of VO, right, they're all sophisticated, they all come from structures that have been in place for years, and we're talking 1,500 units, 1,000 units, right? We listen to them and take their feedback and say, OK, how do we expedite the the sophistication of VO even faster? Right. So this is the third brand that I've worked on. And I would tell you that if you came inside our four walls and you would look any other 25 unit brand, you would expect a certain lower level of sophistication than we have. You know, we're very, very far ahead of our time. Mm -hmm. And because of the talent that we're attracting at the franchisee and the multi-unit level, that becomes incredibly attractive for the single or two-unit franchisee business owner that's coming into our system because they get to plug into hundreds of years of franchising experience and as ryan said reach out to that community ask best practices in addition to the corporate support but it's also about that community of franchisees and this business i say this often when i'm in talks this is the first time In the history of really franchising that you're taking a medical based service Mm -hmm. and you're combining it with retail mindset, Mm -hmm. right? There are not a significant amount of providers and medical directors and all that kind of stuff that have ever been exposed to retail right? That I actually have to sell my services. I'm using air quotes because sell is a strong word, but we're in retail, we're in grade a retail spaces with positive, you know, powerful co-tenancy. Yeah. And you have to get out there and develop your business because along with all of the other advantages that a franchise system adds, as Ryan had mentioned with national pricing and landlord negotiation and speed of development, you also still have to run the business. right Right? right. and you have to be able to create that ecosystem within your side your four walls to get to break even in profitability as fast as possible a franchise system allows you to do it well i shouldn't say allows i should say gives you a foundation to be able to have a higher level of success rate right Right. that's what franchises are about and um, i think that in this industry that is so multi-layered in thinking Right? It's the most complicated franchising business and one of the most complicated businesses that you can be in with regards to regulatory, the number of vendors, inventory that you have to carry, the membership model. We can go all through that. When you go into franchising with VO, you get that foundation to plug into. There is still a learning curve. It's a heavier learning curve than any other franchise I've ever seen. But if you're going to do it and you're going to take that step, you might as well do it with someone that's been there and done it 25 times so far. Right. We'll be near 50 times by the end of the year. What Ryan didn't mention is we have 207 contracts that are committed to um, in totality. Uh, so over the that's, next so five that's 207 years.
2: 207 locations, actually? That's right. Oh, wow.
1: those are all on contract right now and they'll be developed over the next three to six years and we have tons of more in the pipeline that have not yet been signed Mm -hmm. and so when you start to get that momentum getting on the train is a lot easier than going and figuring out how to sign your first lease or how to sign your first contract with allergen or Galderma or whoever your choice is um and then in addition to that is, you know, the online training that we have, the hands-on training that we have. Um, it's, uh, we believe also that there will be a consolidation in the market at some point, yeah. much like there were in related fields over time. Um, and then, you know, I always say this, and sometimes it's not the easiest thing to say, but there's bad actors in every industry and we have bad actors in ours, and they're going to fall away at some point because of the regulatory compliance and not playing by the rules. For sure. At VO, we spent the first four years of this business building it on compliance to make sure that we are doing everything by the book and above the words of the book mm-hmm. so that our, franchisee, our franchisees are protected um, against what they don't know as they continue to learn it. We give that support as well. And that's probably the most critical is the compliance
2: level. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Obviously, you're you know, you're I'm salivating talking about compliance. I get all hot and bothered about it. <laughs> but i don't want to spend too much time on that um j- just because i you know we should i should actually have you guys back and we could probably talk about some of the more details what, what
1: we, it. What, what we could talk I mean, about this stuff for hours Alex. Yeah, i no
2: and, and and i and i could too and, and so um let's go um take kind of a step um back again r- 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 Ryan Rao and and talk about um Putting aside the folks who are familiar with franchises who are coming from other franchises who want to see this built um and say there's a provider uh whether it's an nppa or a doctor driving you know in their car right now listening to this um don't know much about franchises um but know that they want to break into the industry what is it what can you share as far as the amount of monetary commitment they need to put forward like what are they looking for what um what is the what is the, you know, the the time frame for getting up and going and and just just how does it work from the nuts and bolts perspective so that we can get some folks educated on how this, how franchising works? Cause to, to be honest, there is, you know, the, the level of business acumen and just industry knowledge for the average startup is 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 very, very small. But for dealing with a franchise, it's even less because it is a very specialized and specific way to do things.
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so the overall investment for BO again, we're, we're comprehensive. We have Multiple lanes of service. We offer several different modalities. Um, our buildouts and fixtures—they're elevated. It's a—it's a, it's a first-class type environment. So we're on the higher um, initial investment side, but we believe you know our business will withstand the test of time because of how we're positioning ourselves. So we're not the the cheapest franchise out there, but um, it's it's how we're positioning ourselves in the market. So. At VO, the overall initial investment is between 900 and 1.2 million. Uh, we've set up incredible financing options, uh, both. Uh, equipment financing, as well as SBA partners. And usually our new franchise owners uh, work with a bank and get a small business loan, uh, which is anywhere between 10 to 20% down. So you can factor of that 900 to 1.2 initial investment, you would have to put down 10 to 20% and then you'd be on a 10 year SBA note um, over time paying down that loan. Um, Currently, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, seeing compelling ramp up and in, in unit level economics that, you know, obviously it should support that loan. Um, but it's, it's not for everyone. You know, there's a lot of ways to be successful in the space, whether you're an independent provider just offering injectables or, you know, focusing more on devices. Again, VO is that comprehensive offering and it's another
1: um, opportunity for growth uh,
0: for those that want to get into the space.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and as far as time frame is concerned, Alex, you know, what we're seeing in the development schedule because of the spaces that we're looking at. So we really focus on A-grade space. Mm-hmm. Think large grocery anchored retail centers, power centers, you know, the whole foods of the world, the Wegmans of the world, sprouts of the world with co-tenancy like massage envy or European wax or orange Theory fitness, where people are going multiple times a week, where they may visit us six times a year, but it's still convenient for them when they access their daily routines, right? That's where we want to be. Right. And because of that, it limits the real estate choices, right? We, we have um, national relationships with REITs and the largest landlords and understand what their development plans. I mean, we have some plans, LOIs that are signed for 2025 development right now, mm-hmm. because the project that's when it's gonna be delivered.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that's very important uh, to us to maintain that first class type of experience and really stick to our model. And we're willing to be patient on mm-hmm. that because we think that we believe and know that that will create the sustainability for the brand long-term, right? It's holding to our guns. So that being said, we believe that if you were to sign a franchise agreement with us, that you, the earliest that you would be open, uh, would be 12 months from that date. Okay. 12 months. And Um, and
2: is it it, like, is the real estate picked out by you guys mostly because you, because you're, there's a specific type of you know, uh setting you're going for, or if somebody has real estate in mind, will you look at that already? Or how does that work?
0: Yeah, so we're we're extremely supportive of site the site selection process. So it, it really starts with a macro view. So say um you're in Chicago, Alex, we'd look at a macro view of the Chicago DMA. We'd understand there's 20 markets we want to be in in Chicago based upon demographics and density, uh, psychographics, ecotendency, et cetera. Then within those, let's say 20 markets, there's probably only three to four centers that we want to be in. So we'd hyper-focus on the specific centers that we want to be in. We'd look for availability and then we support our franchise owners with negotiations. So, we have a template letter of intent our use language we look for our rental rates our tenant improvement allowance our work letters so how we prefer the space is delivered to us and we support our franchise owners every step away from that macro view drilling down into sites and then specific lease negotiations and when they sign a lease we have a whole new store opening process it's about 250 line items from architectural to construction bids to uh, your millwork and lighting and signage packages and when you need to start to hire your team members and how you the like.
1: The color swatch of your paint. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Very, it's very, up, up, very, very detailed. Very, very detailed and laid out for you. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that one of, the, one of the, I guess, non-tangible factors, if you will, in the real estate site selection is also where the franchisee feels that they can make the most community impact Mm -hmm. because make no mistake about it it's all about owning your local market when you're a franchisee and that talks about business affiliations and being part of the pta and being part of little league i mean one of our most successful franchisees for six months before they open they sponsored all of the little league teams in their community Mm -hmm. because they wanted when the laundry was done and they pulled up the little shirt they wanted vo to be on every single little kid's shirt yeah and it's just phenomenal you know we document all of these local store marketing ideas so that you can be ingrained in the community because quite honestly most people are open to using these surface services in the local community you just have to be able to tell the story so that they know that it's safe it has a lot of efficacy behind it and then all of a sudden you have this natural referral market of this client comes in and then they refer this client and then they refer that client Mm -hmm. and the other thing i would say this goes back to the customer base and we talked about ryan being in the millennial generation and i'm on the generation x side we're also gateways to our parents Mm -hmm. When I first came into this, you know, my mom is in her sixties. When I first became the CEO, the first question that my mom asked me is, do you think I can get my lips done? I was like, what? She goes, I've always just wanted a little bit more plump lips. And my mom has become a client, right? She's become, she's gotten Cyton laser to remove some, you know, age spots and stuff like that. And um, so However you can impact your community, wrapping that back up is also one of the mentalities of the franchisees that we want. Are you going to own your community when you go in there and really become the med spa of choice within your 10 mile radius? And that's also very powerful in the real estate site selection process.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because when I, when I talk with um, some of the more successful med spa owners, they all say that. They all say it's it's not just about you know marketing on social media and all that. It's it's really getting to know the other businesses in your community, being supportive of community i love the little league thing because i mean you know little league you've got moms you got dads you got you know that's it's 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 all of those things it's supporting other businesses that other small businesses in the area that's really what it comes down to because this is such a personal it's such a personal business you've got people who are doing very very intimate private things to your body and to your face and you have to have a tremendous amount of trust in them um so um what is so after that initial investment so you paid the 900 to uh, you know 1.2 whatever that is um how does it work going forward you, you mentioned you had some some success stories we, we unfortunately we are going to run out of time here cuz but I would love to to hear more like can you pick out one of the just kind of the success stories that that sticks out to you where you say oh this you know these guys came in and here's what they did and, and and here's how they've grown and then um along those lines what's what do the economics look like once they start getting successful and 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 how's the split with with vo work and 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 how much money can they expect or 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 think to to maybe earn down the road
0: yeah definitely so Franchising is delicate. We're, we're somewhat handcuffed on what we can say based upon sure. what we disclose in the FDD. But I'll speak to our top performer in our yeah. franchise disclosure document, and uh, that recently came out. Um, this is a couple. Um, they're actually the couple that sponsored the Low League Baseball team, and uh, they had a background in finance, uh, specifically with with Rocket Mortgage out of Detroit and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And um, they were friends of the founders. Um, they saw what we we're starting to do from a franchising perspective. They jumped in. I think even before we had a second unit open, they acquired a single location in Cleveland and they were true students of the industry. They would listen to AMSPA podcast. They networked with other owners. They joined Facebook groups. They took full advantage of all the training that we offered as well as the training of the vendors. And they were completely hands on with this business. And by their second full year, uh, which was last year, uh, they were able to generate over 3.5 million in top line uh, out of 2,000 square feet. And, uh, you know, if you ask them, they believe certainly that isn't the ceiling. Uh, they have then got on to open up a second location in a market uh, over 100 miles away from that one. And they've replicated a similar trajectory of success. And now they're going on to open up their third unit. Um, they are incredible partners for us and, you know, obviously you'd have to speak to them, but I think very happy with the initial investment they've made. And that's just, you know, one example of several success stories within our system, where if you dedicate yourself to learning this business, there's incredible potential in a short period of time, but what's even more, um, kind of our North store and and where we don't know is what is the full potential of Vios? Because the original location that uh, the founder opened in 2017 Mm -hmm. Last year, we did well over $3 which you'd find in our FDD as well. And we're continuing to see really strong growth. So we we don't know where the ceiling is for VO or I think for med spas in general. And it's not only what you can do in a short period of time, but what is the potential post-year five as you start to reach some kind of maturity?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Alex, uh, we're not able, and this is um franchise law this we're not trying to dodge a question but we can't really answer ebitda questions or bottom line questions or return questions but we can tell you that the royalty at vo is six percent uh and the brand development fund is one and a half percent those are the two fees that we take from our um franchisees for building the corporate infrastructure the corporate support etc etc Uh, anytime that someone would want to know what EBITDA is specifically for franchisees, for startup, for year two, for year three, the way that that process works is you actually sign our FDD, which is non-binding, it just gives you all the information. The prospect then can read through that. And then in that FDD, all of our franchisees information is listed and we would encourage that part of that process That the prospect is going to go through is to reach out to each of those franchisees and franchisees are allowed to discuss whatever they want to about their business that's how the prospects learn about the true opportunity from a cash flow perspective and a return on investment perspective and we encourage them all to do it we don't hide from it it is what it is either this is a fit for you and it's a fit for your entrepreneurial risk pattern or it's not and that's cool, too. We don't want anyone in here that is going to feel pressured um, by the complexity of the business and maybe owning their business for the first time.
0: Yeah, and, and, and just quickly,
1: I'll add, you know, we're, we're looking for franchisees that are the right
0: fit, just like they're looking for the right investment. And we say no often. Um, so just like franchisees are trying to find the right brand, we're trying to find the right partner. And the selection process at our end is is get stronger and stronger over time because we know what success looks like and we're doing a better job of managing those expectations of what it takes to be successful throughout the franchise sales process to set our franchise owners up for success or work them out before they sign if they're not willing to commit to what success would look like.
1: And saying no is often protecting them from themselves.
2: Yeah. And what we...
1: Yeah, what we don't want to do is put anyone in a precarious situation that will change the trajectory of their life in a negative way. We do not want to do that. But I always use the thing is you need to be able to lay your head on the pillow at night and sleep really well that you made the right decision. And um, sometimes that right decision comes from a no answer.
2: Yeah, for sure. And maybe it's no, you know, for now until and, and yeah. you get your, you know, get your bearings and start figuring out um, what to do. I mean, I think there's so much that goes into this, um, this, this business and this industry. For, and, and you've, you've mentioned it, the the, the compliance and regulatory, just the, the level of expertise, the type of client um, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a, difficult and it's hard too. I think we're seeing that. Well, what I'm seeing right now is, is with a lot of the investment that's coming in, you're seeing folks who have been doing this for three, four, five, ten 10 years, and it's a hard business. I mean, it, it's exhausting. It, it, it takes its toll. Um, but I think what, you, what you're offering, which I think is exciting, is, is it provides a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the folks who want to open a full-service kind of high-end Full service med spot. They're going to have to have that kind of output in the beginning anyway. Yeah. And to have some of that expertise on the backside. I think really, really makes it, makes it. Uh, makes it exciting and makes it helpful. I um, mean I've got so many more questions so we'll definitely have to have you back let's um we, we are gonna have to cut it off because for, for time constraints give me just kind of your final thoughts on 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 the end you know what you're excited about the industry and as a whole and what you're excited about with respect to how franchising fits into that and then um you know obviously what one of you uh just give us some information on where we can find more more about vo as as if if, if folks want to to learn more
0: yeah. Um uh, I'll start with what I'm excited about the industry. I I we see a lot of potential in wellness and we didn't touch yeah. m- much on that today, but mm-hmm. wellness for us is an incredibly fast growing category. So think hormone replacement, peptide, semiglutide, IV hydration. Um that that's something that uh, we feel will be potentially as mainstream as Botox in the next five to 10 years. So um, we're excited about that component of the industry as well as just the continued evolution of the aesthetic side, the adoption of millennials, um, you know, the, the new channels like TikTok, where people are consuming information, education about these services. So there's a lot to be excited about. And then how you find out about Bio, uh, veomedspot.com. We have a franchise tab in your information, you'll actually hear from me. Um, so I'll, I'll follow up with you and love to schedule time to, to speak uh, and answer any questions you have. And if we're not the right fit, uh, certainly lead you in the right direction with uh, potential third-party partners.
2: For sure.
1: Yeah, i echo everything that ryan said about the excitement of the industry um i'm really excited specifically for vo because of all of our franchisees that are opening their first and second locations and one of them opening their third locations i'm excited about the sophistication of the thinking in the industry and how it gets better and better and also our expanded partnerships with our you know our vendors and and our partners like amspot like we had a great time and um it, we're just excited. We're incredibly bullish on the industry. Uh yeah. Even in this economic wild time, we still see amazing results because people want to feel good even in downtimes.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I think the sky's the limit and we're really excited to continue to grow uh, our brand within it.
2: Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying and, and congrats on your success. I think the sky is the limit. There's, you know, there's definitely going to be some things that we'll need to work out from a, from a compliance and regulatory side of things. I think you're, you know, there, there definitely are some bad actors out there that are. That are making things more difficult for everybody, but I think that will that will play itself out in in time. Um, but congrats on on everything. And so let's let's uh, let's schedule a time to get you back to talk more specifics about franchising. I know there's people that have questions on it and they and they want to know more. And and there's just so much to, to to get into. So, but thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank and you. Look yeah, forward we to
0: it. I'll awesome. see you. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Ryan Rayow, Chief Development Officer of Vio Med Spa, and Ryan Rose, CEO of Vio Med Spa. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.